Welcome to City on a Hill's podcast. This week's podcast can be downloaded on iTunes or our media library at chccny.com. I was thinking as James was talking, you know, I'm a counselor, and uh, but rather using the word counselor, I, I kind of like to see myself more as a spiritual director. And with all the things that we were hearing Pastor James share with us this morning about having a Sabbath in our lives. Walking away from the pile of clothes and the traffic and all the demands. I have to tell you that for me, being a counselor really means I'm a wounded healer. And for me, I found myself drawn to people that would tell me more about something like Sabbath because when I hit a place in my life where I started to realize that I was missing all the moments we heard Pastor talk about this morning. You see, the truth is we could all sit here this morning and want this, but can I tell you honestly, most people don't get it unless they have a crisis in their lives. I had a crisis in my life emotionally, and that led me to ask questions. You know what you do in a crisis? A crisis is like, you know, Jesus said, build your house. You have two options. You can build your house on on sand, or you can build your house on a rock. A crisis is when you find out you're building on sand in somewhere in your life. And suddenly, the anxiety, the depression, the broken relationships... Suddenly, you ask yourself questions in a crisis you'll never ask yourself when life is just the way you want it to be. Crisis can really be a gift from God. But there's all kinds of crisis. And we're talking this morning, Pastor was talking to us about finding our way through personal crises. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a crisis we're in as Americans this morning. So I'm not, you know, it's one thing we sit here and we hear sermons and we're talking about, you know, our most of our sermons are talking about you and your life and it relates to us personally. Can I lift you up a higher for 10 minutes before we release you this morning? Just think about, as we come to this table this morning, just think about the very first time this table was initiated. When Jesus gathered those guys around this table, it was a crisis. Suddenly, they, suddenly, all, all the hopes they were having, suddenly things had gone sour. Now people were ready to kill Jesus. And I want to tell you, when they sat around this table the first time, they had no idea the crisis they were really in. They had no idea the momentous occasion that they had no idea what this day and moment really meant because they only were looking at the natural circumstances and didn't realize that there was a battle so much bigger than they had any idea was going on as they sat at a table and enjoyed a meal with the master. Do you know in John 13, it says that as they sat at that first table, Satan had entered into Judas to betray 
the Savior already? Do you understand that behind the natural was a war that was taking place when this table was initiated? That beyond the natural, there was a battle that was so enormous that only people that had eyes that were opened would really have any idea. And the 12 men that sat with the master at the table had no idea that day because their eyes were not opened yet to understand the, the cataclysmic moment, the, the confluence of circumstances that were, were crashing in at this moment of time that all of history was coming to a crescendo here at this moment, but only the initiated could see it. I think we're there as a country. I think we're there as a country because we can believe right now. We can just look and say, you know what? This is, well, you know, these are our candidates coming up Tuesday. And this is what, this is in the natural. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll elect somebody. And we hear all the time, you know, if things will go on. Brothers and sisters, I'm standing here today as one of, one of the leaders of this church. And I'm really asking you for 10 minutes. I'm really asking you for 10 minutes here before we leave as we come to this table. And I, perhaps I am, I believe I am today. You, you decide. I believe then I'm a messenger to tell you today that this is as critical an hour. The crisis is here in America, and only the initiated. We'll, we'll all leave here today and go back to our lives. And we can all pretend like we do in our own lives. We can pretend our relationships aren't falling apart, pretend we're happy when we're so busy, and we're keeping ourselves busy because, busy, as James said, we don't want to really answer the hard questions. Do you know a crisis doesn't make you? A crisis reveals you. You think you know you, you don't know you till you're in a crisis. When you're in a crisis, you find out what you really believe. That's what I try to do with people when I sit with them and they're in pain. Help them to know what is the pain saying what is the crisis here to tell you? America, what is the crisis here to tell you? The crisis always asks you. Any temptation that you get in life, you can just put this on the side and write it somewhere. It changed my life. It might change yours. Every temptation you get is asking you, who are you? Who's God? Those questions are on the table for America this week. Who, who are we, America? Who's, who's God? Well, we're in a crisis as far as I am concerned. And James went on to say, you know, that the busyness that we're all facing is the warfare of our time. Brothers and sisters, if our eyes were opened, I don't, we couldn't handle it, I guess. But when you go back to young people, you go back to your, your class, your high school tomorrow, you go back to your, you know, 
wanting the date you want, and you want to go back and do your, you know, your college, your planning. Somebody's planning here to get married. Somebody's planning on having a baby. We go back to our lives, but I'm here, I think is his messenger this morning, to blow the trumpet and say, it's time to wake up. If we do not wake up in America, America has a very great chance of looking totally different. In ten, we will not recognize the land we live in in 10 years if we do not wake up. And this is not a battle about flesh and blood. Just like this table, those men thought it was all about the Romans. But was it about the Romans, brothers and sisters? Was it about the Romans or the Jews that were mad at Jesus? Who was it about? Who was the warfare about at this table? Who wants to tell me? It was the devil. There was a battle going on in the heavenlies. And brothers and sisters, we're not sitting in a civic association. We're not sitting in a cl an auditorium. We're sitting in a church. And you know what that means? It means that we believe there's more to life than just what we look at. We believe that there's more to life than just the, the flesh and blood and this life and what we see. That's what we believe. We have a Bible, we believe, that tells us that things are not always, not the way they are. And can I tell you, my biggest frustration after 40-something years in the, in, the, in the ministry, first of all, I have to battle my own blindness all the time, wake up and realize I'm back in the same groove again, doing the same things, asleep again, not praying like I should again, just ch checking time. How many did you walk in here this morning and you're just checking time? You're surviving. Uh, I'll get to church today. We'll do this. Maybe we'll do something. Hey, how about we do this later? Yeah. Underneath where you could tell somebody what you really feel, you'd say, I am just so empty. I am just so bored. Brothers and sisters, it's so important. Do you know that right now, today, my greatest frustration is trying to help Christians know, come out of your stupor and your sleep Stop thinking that your life, your little life is all what it's about. It's bigger than just your little life. Do you know that right now we're joining with brothers and sisters all over this country that are, Jen got up and talked about moms that are fasting and praying to, tomorrow. Listen, I'm talking to pastors who are weeping. They've been pasting, they've been fasting and praying for weeks and days on their faces. Because there's something that the, the clergy, those are, there's something about Christians that know if you're awake, you'll know God is saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. This is a crisis. God had to say to Israel, they just go back to sleep. They wouldn't listen to the prophets and they just go back to sinning and back to their lives. And I'm here to say that we need to start as individuals as the people of God, and as Americans to wake up and say, we have got this crisis is here to tell us we've got to change some things. Sitting on a hill, we've got to change some things. Do you know how many people I get out for a corporate prayer meeting? Where I share my heart and say, prayer is the most important thing because the battle is in the unseen and the church has the power to pray and take authority. And how many do I get out 
effect of corporate prayer? Maybe 20 if I'm lucky. I'm sorry, I don't mean to scream at you. I'm screaming at the powers that are keeping you blind, that you think it's more important to be home on your sofa watching a television program when the lives of our children are absolutely on the line. This will not be the America our grandchildren and children will grow up in, that you grew up in, if we don't wake up. Intercessors, intercessors for America. This presidential election is critical. The next president of the United States could appoint at least three justices to the Supreme Court, setting a course for America for 30 or 40 years you can't change. How many parents, is that the life of your children? Is that the adult life of your children? 30, 40 years for their lives. The fate of the unborn, our religious freedoms. Have you listened to some of the emails and some of the anti-Christian sentiment that some people have in this country? Are we awake to understand we are under attack, saints? Our judo-Christian values are laughed at. They're under attack, and we have been asleep. Again, I'm sorry for screaming. I can't help it. Our nation's support for Israel is at stake. You may not like the candidates, but one of them is going to be the president. And you know what? What's, he, they go on to say, we must pray that the church will understand the importance of this presidential election. Discern which party stands stronger for God's values and encourage Christians to vote in pride. We could say, I'm not voting for either. I've heard a lot of Christians say that. And boy, just don't tell me that you feel like that if you do. Because if you do, you're already voting. And then I don't want to hear anybody tell me five years from now and complain about anything in America if you didn't vote. And you know what? If you didn't pray. Do you know part of me this past week as I've been giving myself to fair, prayer and fasting is I don't want to live with myself if things go south, I don't want to look at my grandchildren and know that I have such regret because I never really took God's prophetic call seriously and answered it. I want to tell you the most important thing that you could hear in this service this morning. We heard about Sabbath because Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. And it's, you know what the commandments are? They're, they're a fence to keep you from going, an eye from going over a cliff. You pass those Ten Commandments, and you are you're headed off a cliff. John, come up a second. The Ten Commandments are so crucial. John, most of you know John. Now John John's an attorney, and John ran for town council in Connecticut. It was, it was amazing. We were there, watched him when he won the, his election, and he was very, always very politically motivated. But John and I did corporate prayer last week, and he, he brought up something about the Ten Commandments. And we're talking about one of the commandments today. We're talking about keeping the Sabbath. Brothers and sisters, John, you have a mic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, John, you were talking about those Ten Commandments. So how does that relate to us today in America <clears throat> when we talk about the Ten Commandments to you? Well, one of the things that we talked about that night was just, um, you know, we, we talked about, well, how, 
one of the elephants in the room that we talked about as Christians, right? And, and you're hearing it, and sometimes we have a tendency to shut off because we say, well, you know, the last election I heard, that was the biggest election. And you know, the one before that, that was really the big election. And, and as Christians, we kind of get numb, and you're, we're asleep, and we're not paying attention. And, and you know what happens? The last few elections, you look up on the day after, and you go, I mean, it wasn't really the way I wanted, but, you know, my life goes on. I mean, I'm good. I got a job still, you know, my family's still intact. Nobody died. Everything's good. And then you go four years, or maybe you go eight years, or you go 12 years, or you go 20, and then you look up, and then you go, boy, what's happened to this country? Where, where are we? What's going on? I mean, nothing changed, but everything changed, right? And, and, and we're all saying this, right? We're all going, this is not the country I grew up in. And so then you have to say to yourself, well, maybe we're asleep. Or maybe, as James said, it's insidious. Maybe the satanic plan is it's incremental. It's the frog in the water with the temperature going up a little bit. And maybe every election really is the most important election. And we just don't know it because you know why we're asleep. And it's happening right before our eyes, and we don't know about it. So we said, well, what, how do you get this? How do you show people, like, maybe it really was an important election? We said, well, let's look at it this way. Let's look at it like... Ask yourself this question. In the last 20 or 30 years, or even 10 years, ask yourself this question. Uh, is this more true or less true now than it was then? Okay? And what we're going to do is going to walk through the commandments. So the first one says, you shall have no other gods before me. Is there competition right now? In America. In America, America. for who's going to be God in the world, Right? You didn't hear about setting some up of statues these. of Satan himself. Yeah, Satanism now is now a, a big thing. Who would ever have believed in right. America right. that they are literally? You all know that, right? Yeah. Literally, with having kids coming up in the statue. There's kids in the statue. Statues yeah. of of demonic powers being set in cities and satanic. Detroit and satanic. A couple others, yeah. Let's go to the second one. The second the second commandment says, "You shall make no idols." Have we made idols? I mean, think about capitalism. Think about you got to buy the next big thing. Consume, consume, buy, go after, right? Idols. Mm -hmm. um, the third one, I mean, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I mean, mm -hmm. we, don't even, we don't even get phased by that anymore, mm -hmm. right? You watch TV and they say things now that they never would have said 20 years yeah. ago. I, I, the last, the, yeah. Joe, right? I mean, we've seen like the third series on television where somebody walks into a supposed church and they either they even spit in the face of the crucifixion. Has anybody ever seen did anybody see that? What, what what program was that? It was the House of Cards. Yeah. Go Megan. Uh, I'm watching West Wing because of you, Steve. West Wing. Just an example from what yep. you were just saying there. Um, there's a song out by a girl who wrote a song about um, telling people to vote, but telling people who to vote for. And um, the whole song is cursing. The whole song is tons of celebrities in this song. And the last line of the thing is, Jesus blanking Christ. Please don't vote for whomever. And, and there's literally these all of these celebrities singing this, holding hands with each other. And I was like, okay. So if we don't think, if we don't think this is real, if we don't think there is not some conspiracy, the conspiracy isn't flesh and blood. Are there powers? Listen, do you know how many people coming out of Hollywood 
They openly profess Satan, openly say that they're channeling spirits. Yeah. So the fourth one you heard all about this morning, the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. We heard about holiness a couple weeks ago with Tom. Um, it's so important. As Remember James, the blue laws, uh, some of us older folk yeah. around here? Mm-hmm. What was Sunday like when we grew up? Yeah. You couldn't touch alcohol. Yeah. You did. I mean, it's, we've come a long way, baby, yeah. but it's a long way down, yeah. I'm yeah. afraid. Uh, the fifth one, honor your father and mother. I mean, you know, we, we talk about, that? you know, how we talk about, oh, look how that kid talks to his parents, right? We, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Let's let's not be deceived here that, you know, the old days weren't, the, oh, boy, those were the really good days and everything was great back then. It's just you need to see the process. Yep. You need to see the journey that we're on as a nation. And that's where we need to wake up as a church. I mean, the one thing, as I finish this, the one thing I want to make sure I get out to you is we said this on Wednesday, too. You know, as a church, I think you guys would agree with me. Everybody I say this to says, yeah, I think that's true. You know, whatever you think about the candidates, there's something in the spiritual sense that's happening right now. And the things that you can say as a Christian today, you probably weren't comfortable saying six or eight months ago. If you think about that. And, and why is that? Because there's a climate right now of challenging the authorities that are, that are telling us how to think and what to do and political authorities. And, you're able now to do this. So what does that mean for this election? To me, it means no matter who wins, it doesn't matter in some sense. It's very important. We all have to vote. And God's going to have his way, right? He's not off the throne. The glass is still around his throne, right? It's not rippling. But we as a church have an opportunity now to step into a gap that has been created that we should have been in all along. And as a church and as Christians in this country, we need to be bold and we need to say no more to certain things and we need to stand for these things that we're going through in the Ten Commandments because, as you said, it's a fence to keep us from going off a cliff, not to keep us from having fun. Right? Right. So number six, you shall not murder. I mean, I don't have to say anything. You said, you know, we're looking at our police officers now. You shall not commit adultery. Does anybody even get phased by that anymore? It's on every TV show. Um, you shall not steal. Again, I mean, just think about this. Was this. Is this different now than it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's just truth. How do we do with truth in this society? I mean, we shape it and mold it and call it everything but... And that's how we get away that we rationalize everything. And the last one is you shall not covet. You know, I need to go after that because I want that because that person has this or that or the other thing. That's right. These are the Ten Commandments. These are what God gave us as our fence to protect us. Right. We've, we've crossed over them so fast, so hard, right. and for so many years that it's right. time we need to change. John is going to stand here like that. He's the Ten Commandments. And as America, we've been doing this. This is our judo-Christian foundation of this country. The Ten Commandments. And we have been slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly saying, someone said, this country was built on this foundation and it cannot be sustained. It was was built from prayer and revival and it will not be sustained any other way. And the more we walk away from those precepts look at where we have come is there anybody here who's really going to say it's better than it was and it's getting better well God doesn't see it that way we've left our judo Christian roots and we are in trouble 
And this is why the church is all. I've never seen the ministry where it is right now, never in my life. Everybody is saying we have one prayer. We've got to tell God we're sorry and repent. And maybe God will hear us and give us a reprieve. And maybe, let me tell you something. Don't ever fall into that Christian heresy that some people believe Jesus is going to come back and it's going to be chaos before he comes back. So we should do all this stuff has to happen. Don't buy that. If Christians, century after century, our job is to resist evil, to stand up against evil. And we do that until we go home or he comes back. We never lay down under evil. Never. That's why church, we have to wake up. We have to pray. We have to fast. Tuesday, and as John said, it's not over then. Whoever is in the White House, the answer is not the White House. The answer is God's house. And we're in a battle no no matter what happens, because this battle is heating up. And you may think you can go home to your little little life, and you may think that you're going to be fine, and okay, you're a good person, and you give your tithe. But I'm warning you today, if you you know that that old saying, they came for this person, and they came for this group of people, and I didn't do anything? They came for this group of people. I didn't do anything. Then they came for me and there was nobody there. The church needs to rise up and know we are on the enemy's target list. It's really about us the enemy is looking to put out. But we really, God's waiting. God doesn't do things without the church. It's our time to stand up with him. And and we can go on forever and I'm not going to. And you've been very polite, but I... I want you to just give us another few minutes. Now, I'm going to ask you. I want City on a Hill. I want us to join with our brothers and sisters right now all around this country today in their services who are, who are now pleading with God. Will you stand with me? You've got a liturgy in your hand from a, a Lutheran nun who I think the world of, Basilea Schlink. And I'm going to ask you to pray, that we're going to pray together as, a, as the people of God, and we're going to pray and ask God to forgive us for our sins and ask God to have mercy on America. How do you feel about doing that this morning? How do you feel about doing that this morning? You with me? Okay. Let's really, let's, let's really mean it when we say it. Okay. <clears throat> John, why don't you start? Yep. Yep. O Lord, we bring our request to you, not on the basis of our righteousness, but on the basis of your great mercy. We confess with our nation. We we have have sinned. sinned. We have dared to turn away from your holy and irrevocable commandments, which you gave to us as an expression of your will. We have declared them irrelevant, invalid, and no longer binding, even within the realm of the Christian church. And in so doing, we have opened the floodgates of sin. Father, in great distress, we plead with you for our country, which deserves your judgment. For the sake of Jesus' precious blood, have mercy upon our nation. Save our country from perishing. Accept our supplications as we turn aside from paths of sin. We confess that as individuals and as a nation, we have sinned in an unprecedented way, allowing ourselves liberties contrary to your commandments. This has resulted in immortality, licentiousness, immorality, Mm -hmm. immorality, sorry, licentiousness, drug addiction, perversions more vile than those of Sodom and Gomorrah. Each one of us who failed to make a stand against these sins is also to blame. Father, in great distress... 
We plead with you for our country, which deserves your judgment. For the sake of Jesus' precious blood, have mercy upon our nation. Save our country from perishing. Accept our supplications as we turn aside from paths of sin. We confess that as individuals and as a nation we have sinned since the commandment you shall not murder has been widely violated. As a result, our country is flooded with terror, violence, and unrest. Our nation is guilty of mass murder. The blood of millions of defenseless unborn children cries out to heaven. Unless we repent, your sword of judgment will descend without fail. Death will come upon our land, perhaps in the form of a nuclear war, which will claim millions of lives. Your word warns us that if we do not obey your voice and keep your commandments, death and calamity will overtake us. For the sake of Jesus' precious blood, have mercy upon our nation. Save our country from perishing. Accept our supplications as we turn aside from the paths of sin. We confess with our nation that the most serious offense of all is being committed in our land. Blasphemy against the living God. Never before has this sin been so public and widespread. It will bring a major judgment upon our country. In deep grief, we humble ourselves and lament that man dares to attack you, almighty God, mocking and degrading you in an outrageous manner, blaspheming you in literature and in screen and stage productions. We confess that as Christians, we too are guilty inasmuch as we have not made a stand against blasphemy and failed to give you the glory that is your due as the holy triune God. Father, in great distress, we plead with you for our country, which deserves your judgment. For the sake of Jesus' precious Have blood. mercy upon our nation. Save our country from perishing. Accept our supplications as we turn aside from paths of sin. We confess that as individuals and as a nation, we are to blame that Satanism is able to spread so extensively in our country. We confess with shame that even many who call themselves Christians are involved in occult practices. We come before you, Lord, in deep grief over the innumerable rock concerts and festivals subjecting thousands of young people to a demonic, spellbinding influence with fearful consequences. And so we cry to you to stop these satanic activities and to take away the satanic power and influence of such rock group concerts. And, and Father, in great distress, we plead with you for our country, which deserves your judgment. For the sake of Jesus' precious blood, have mercy upon our nation. Save our country from perishing. Accept our supplications as we turn aside from paths of sin. O oh Lord, our God, hear our entreaties and accept our prayers in your infinite mercy for the sake of your Son, who died in agonizing death on the cross for our sins. We and our nation are provoking your wrath. We are forcing you to send judgment because of the abominations mounting up to heaven. Yet we still pray. Lord, forgive us our transgressions. Be gracious unto us sinners. Help us to remain steadfast in prayer and supplication. Help us to turn from our sins with all our hearts. Deliver our nation. Defer the impending judgment so that many souls may still be saved. And those who love you may be prepared for the time of testing. Have mercy upon us for the sake of Jesus' precious blood. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to go to the Lord's table. And Steve, do you need to come forward with the, with the group? And Father, we come now and we come as individuals and we come. I'm going to ask you to take the elements and bring them back to your seat with you. 
so that we can all partake together. Father, we come not only as individuals this morning, but as those who you have placed here in this country, in America, and we come on behalf of our own sins individually. We ask you for a spirit of conviction of sin. I ask you, Father, in my life and in this place, where we have said no to your Holy Spirit, where we have decided we were going to make our own rules, and we have turned away, and, and we have been those who have called your laws unbinding and irrelevant in the day we live. I'm asking you, Father, for a spirit of conviction of sin to fall on city on a hill. I'm asking you for a spirit of repentance that you would, that you would give us that repentance from a true heart, Father, that really wants to please you and turn from our sin. And then, Father, as Americans today, we come on behalf of this beloved country, the last bastillion of freedom in this world, and the battle is raging. And, Father, we come on behalf of this country, and we come to your table where you shed your blood. Father, not because America's better, but because America, you raised up America with a mission, and we have walked away from that mission. And for that, Father, we just want to join with all our brothers and sisters right now on their knees, in big churches, in little churches, in small groups, grandmothers on their knees, grandfathers at the table weeping, mothers and fathers who fear what will happen to their children if we keep going this way. Father, we ask you, we come to this table and we bow our heads and our knees before you and we ask you for mercy for America today at this table. We ask you, we don't deserve it, but we ask you to give us mercy, Father. That's our prayer today. We join with all our brothers and sisters today who are taking you seriously and taking this seriously. We do it, Father. We're going to begin now. Please come and receive the elements. Take them back to your seat that we might join together as we partake. And if you've got a few minutes now, I'm asking you to ask God if there's something that you're not kept up to. Maybe you're not up to date with God. Is there something he's been telling you he wants out of your life? Is there something going on in your life? Has he told you that the certain things he wants you to, he wants to talk to you about because they're ruining your life? The certain things he wants to say to you, let, let's let God talk to us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I'd like Lord. to keep the sanctuary as quiet as we can, please, with trying to keep it from the kind of natural chaos that happens in here at this point. But I'm just going to ask us to kind of stay focused for just a few more minutes. You know, I was thinking this morning, if anybody was going to write a novel, an espionage novel, they couldn't possibly have thought of the twists and turns that America has seen in this last year. Yes. Espionage, the people saying another country is attacking us, uh, reading our, all of our laundry, right? You know, uh, emails that are being hacked by somebody in, a, in uh, another country's uh, hiding in, in a, um, help me. Embassy. Uh, I'm talking about Assange, oh, yeah, Julian Assange, hiding in a, in a, in a embassy. Embassy. Is that embassy, a, that's yeah. the word. That's the word, embassy. The, the, FBI, the FBI being exposed, some people feel, and being totally stripped of its 
of its integrity at this hour. If somebody went to write a book and you were, somebody told you they were reading a book like this 10 years ago, you, would, you and I would have laughed. And it's right now happening because God is allowing, I believe, my opinion, is allowing the curtain to be parted. And it isn't just this White House or the last White House. It's many White Houses. It's sin of many that have gone on before. I want to tell you, I, 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 want to gender, I, want to, I want to generate a little sympathy from you this morning. This is hard for me to do. It's really hard to walk this line. But I don't have a choice. I have to tell you, you have got to pray and vote according to the issues. It's not the people. It's not the people. Nobody can say that these are ideal candidates. Although we've had plenty of other people that were pretty bad, we just didn't know about it. We live in a day when all, everything is out in, in the light. Am I right? Yes. Please, saints, don't get caught in that trap of looking at the people. It's the issues. Abortion, education, health care. How's your health care bills? How are you doing with those? Immigration, social issues, Israel. These are the most important issues that, we're, that face us in our lives day to day. I want a commitment from everybody who calls themselves a member of this, a part of this family, that you will make a commitment this morning. I hope you've regi you're registered. But at least say, I'm going to vote on Tuesday. I'm going to pray. I'm going to look at the issues and I am, how many of you can say, I am going to vote on Tuesday. Amen. Well, Father, we just want to bless you today. And even as John reminded us, your throne is not shaking. The, the river that flows around your throne is not a ripple in it because you're not shrugging your hands. You're not, you're not worried. You're not anxious. But you are waiting. You are waiting to see if your people will respond to your spirit and cry out in repentance. Father, I just want to say personally, my biggest concern is that I'm asking for revival in this country. I, Lord, we're crying out this morning. We need our neighbors. We know their lives, Father. Are the people we work with. Our children and our grandchildren that don't know you. You're not real. People sitting in this room that still, Father, you're not real to them. They still are undecided about issues that I just mentioned. I ask you to cover the women, Father, that have, that have been, uh, have, Lord, had abortions. I know it's hard to talk about it because we've all sinned. And, and Father, for everyone that's come to you, they are forgiven and you're not holding it against them. But, Father, as a nation, we can no longer close our eyes. We can't close our eyes to late-term abortions. We can't co close our eyes to these things, Father. And we're asking you at this hour that you will uh, help us to repent as a nation and that you'll give us real discernment and wisdom as we come to those, to those polling booths on Tuesday. We ask you to hold back, Lord, where there's any kind of cheating on either side. We're asking you for righteous, a righteous result on Tuesday. And we're asking you for peace in our streets on Wednesday, Father, whatever happens. And, Father, we're asking you, I'm asking you for a spirit of prayer to be poured out on City on a Hill.
that we won't be doing you a favor. But when we wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, we'll say, Father, I want to pray for America. I want to pray, Father, that you'll forgive us and send revival, whoever is in the White House. I pray, Lord, for the people in this place that call themselves a member of this family. I pray you'll do something new in us. Start with Sabbath, just as Pastor told us this morning. Two hours here, a half a day here. We'll get quiet. We'll retreat from the world. We'll give you our... It'll be hard to do. Your Bible is like... The Bible doesn't even talk to most of us. It's, it's getting dust on the shelf. But, Father, we're asking you, renew us in prayer. Renew us in your word. And, Father, now as we take this emblem, we do it because you won victory for us. We don't come defeated to this table. We come and say, whatever happens, whatever is down the road, we know that you live in us and greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And we'll pray for America, but our confidence and our hope, Lord, is in you. And we take it together now in your majestic, all-powerful name, Jesus. Let's partake. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill's podcast. For more resources, visit us at chccny.com.